Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the rest of the sermon. And I am Pastor Jason, and today with me, I have a special guest, Mr. Adam Dell. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. <laughs> Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's glad to be here. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Adam is a uh, volunteer at Westside, serves on the worship team as one of the worship pastors. And so here's what's really cool about you being on today. So Tyler is like the MC, the host of the rest of the sermon, yeah. and he's been mentioned like he's the baby's coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like the past couple podcasts, it's been like, hey, we might have to shut this thing down. Impending. So I feel like our listeners have been on a journey. And they're, so ladies and gentlemen, um, Tyler and Kayla had their third child, Miss Eden. Everybody is doing great and healthy. And um, Tyler is actually uh, going to be on a six-week sabbatical, which is an awesome gift uh, that he's got. And so it's going to be a great time of rhythm and rest for his family. And so over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is I'm going to be having some friends, some BFFs, some people hanging out. You're going to get to know some of my friends, some of the people from the life of Westside. And this past Sunday, I was actually out of the pulpit, and um, I had a good friend, Mr. Bill Turner, William Turner. What'd you say in the text message? Bootstrap Bill, which I'm sure he's heard that his entire life. (laughs) Bootstrap Bill. No, I've known Bill for a long time. He's grown up in this area. Bill is actually at a church in Kansas City called Redeemer, which is just a healthy, thriving church, uh, multi-campus. And Bill's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. Bill's a nice guy. Yeah. And here's what's funny. Do you know how strong Bill Turner is, bro? No. No, <laughs> no idea. Like physical strength. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, so he's a football he, player. I mean, he looked built. Yes. But yeah, you look at Bill and you're like, I don't know if I could take him. You know what I yeah. mean? Us guys kind of have that when we walk into a room. We're like, could I, you know, Bill's on the list of probably couldn't take that guy. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. But he's so nice. Wouldn't want to try. Yeah, yes. So I'll never forget a story that encapsulates Bill Turner. Um, somebody else, uh, Zach Ferguson, who uh, went to school with Bill, said like Bill was a beast on the football field, right? Mm. Just uh, just out of control, mm. monster, yeah. like running through people. But he would be on the football bus reading like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, just like, renaissance man. Though. Yes, like those two worlds don't live. He would be like playing with Legos in the locker room, like, you know, and then it's like it's time to go out there and then a flip and then a yeah. switch would just flip. You know just what I mean? So him, yeah. but Bill brought the good word, man, and was out of Isaiah. He said that he had been studying uh, the good word in Isaiah, wrath, remnant, and hope. Um, we listened to the live stream. It was great. Yeah. I was down in Atlanta. We've got some exciting news coming that you'll hear later on on the podcast. But for you, with this being the rest of the sermon, yeah. and Bill brought the good word, um, what stuck out Sunday? He was in Isaiah 40, right? Or yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 10, 11, and 40. Yeah, okay. Um, the passage was out of 11, but no, yeah. it he did great, and it's hard kind of coming after you because you keep my attention more than most people do, but he was right there with it the whole time, and the content of what he was saying is just, I mean, spot on all the time, at least for me in my life. I need constant reminder of it, just kind of these, the idols that you build mm. up, the things that you find security in, Yeah, God will God will tear down whenever you make them an idol. Oof. And so, Can I we, mean, hold on, can we talk about that for a second? Like, for sure. 
And so we see that in the Old Testament and in Isaiah 10 and 11 is sort of an indictment. God is saying to the people of Israel, like, you're supposed to be my people Mm -hmm. and you keep following after these other gods. But it is a loving thing when God shatters the idols in our life. Now, from our perspective, it is, it's life-altering. We feel like our life is falling yeah. apart, right? And so that's very interesting to see and hear what you said, like that God is going to shatter these idols in our life. And we think that that's a, like, oh, no, God's punishing me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. God's bringing you back on track. Yeah. Like, because of these idols. I love what Bill said. One of his points was um, God loves you too much to let you love idols. Yeah essentially. Yeah. Like God loves you too much to, to let you have that. And I think about that with having kiddos, like my kids would eat sour punch straws and ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. and anytime they ask for that stuff, we're like, Hey, wait. And they just are devastated. But the reality is, is I'm pretty sure you would die within two to three years if you ate that if for every meal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I remember. You know what I mean? And yeah. so this idea that God being a heavenly father loves us enough to to sort of shatter those idols. See, and 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 knowing that, I mean, I've I've been in the faith and in church for pretty much my whole life. Yeah. And having an understanding of that still doesn't make me I mean, I'm still fearful of mm. what that looks like when those idols are torn down and that just comes yeah. from a place of control, right? Sure. I want to I want to have the control and even though I know that it's good for me, yeah. I'm still fearful of what does it look like when God starts tearing down X for me Oof. that I've put my identity into. And it yeah. can be even be an idol of, I don't know. Most I, of the time, and, and most of the time, idols are good things, right? Yeah, They're exactly. Not, That's It's the not hard like part. black tar heroin. No. That's not yeah. what we're talking about no, here. It's, like it's it's family, money, um, success, results from hard work. And, and I've always defined idols as... When a good thing becomes a God thing, that's when it's a bad thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And so our idols most of the time are good things. They're gifts that God has given us. But when we make the gifts prioritize over the giver, yeah. that's a problem, dude. So, man, we're already into this, bro. But uh, listen, I want our people to know Adam Dell, um, who you are, man. This is great. Uh, the sermon Bill brought that Sunday, but um, it was yeah. such a good sermon. Which I want to say, I in. know for sure, like... The one of my buddies, we'd had a conversation specifically about pretty much what Bill was talking about the whole time. And it seems yeah. that's always the case when wow. you come into church. And if you're, yeah. I don't know, God's speaking to you. So I can, I can know just for Bill, if you listen to this, you, you were talking to one guy specifically uh, the whole morning. And so, it was yeah. Good. And, and listen, can we just pause for a second? That's the powers in God's word, mm-hmm. right? God's word is timely because it's timeless. And so one of the convictions that we have, and you definitely being a part of the worship team, share this conviction that every the word of God governs our worship to God. That's what we believe at Westside. That's why everything's sort of built around the word. We got scripture reading and passages. And I told you before the podcast, I sort of guard the pulpit at Westside just mm-hmm. because I think that's a scriptural command, but I believe as the pulpit goes, so goes the church. And so Bill has preached for us in the past. He, he's been a church planner, but I knew Bill had that conviction of... I don't need to drop in here with some relevant message, some relevant whatever, like what? where have I been in God's word? What have yeah. I been studying? And lo and behold, what you're saying is 
boom, it completely intersected with somebody's yeah, life. Like for sure. right on point. Yep. I love it, dude. I love Spot it. On. So Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You're you're married. You have a wonderful wife. My wife loves your wife. Give us the elevator pitch, man. Tell us about Adam Dell, buddy. Who How are you? How far you want to go back? You want to go deepest sins? What are we doing here? My <laughs> thoughts on baptism. I actually sent you that in the, and you know, we I were getting ready so for this. Hard. We were getting ready for this. And I was like, hey, yeah, here's some bullet points, some talking points. And then, you know, we'll just dive into some light stuff. Like what is your deep sin that you've struggled with primarily. <laughs> I, I screenshot it and sent it to my wife and she laughed because she said that is you because any lag in a party, it's like, all right, random order, deepest sin, Jason, you're first. Let's go. Let's go. It's great. It's I love it. Joke. No, man, tell us, where were you born? Where are you from? Yeah. So Little Rock, Arkansas, three, Come hour, on. three hours from here. Okay. Um, my wife is from here. So that's why we are back here, yep. which I am all about. I love it. But I'm Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm the youngest of four. Nice. Kids. Me too. Welcome to the club. Yeah, the baby. So yep. four years under my next sibling. So okay. a little bit of a spread there. I think they call that an accident maybe. Wow. I'm five years. So my brothers Gosh. are spread five years apart. So my oldest brother is 15 years older than me. Oh, wow. He's almost like a dad figure. But yeah. yeah okay. Right, so youngest right. of four. Wow. Young, youngest of four. Um, as far as like relationship and we had a good family relationship, my Dad led the home. Praise my, God, my, bro. Yeah, I've always been in church my whole life. I mean, I take that for granted, and sometimes I wish I would have been burned a little more by the fire to know it's heat because that's kind of no. What, listen, that's kinda, yeah. Listen, I want my kids to share the testimony that you just shared. Like I know at camp, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll testimony yeah. is like wow. Mm -hmm. Look, but listen, I'll be honest with you. Like it's the same grace. I always say, God saved me from sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and God saved Courtney, my wife, from Sunday school. Yeah. Same grace. Same so thing. I want to encourage you. I want my kids to have your testimony, yeah. bro. Amen. Yeah. That's good. So you got a loving dad, loving family. Incredible. Yeah, and uh, just active in the church, my my family. And so it was a... It was a um, an example to me from a very young age. I mean, Beautiful. you're going to church every Sunday. My my father was an elder. My grandpa was elder at church. My mom leading wow. women's ministry, stuff like that. So Beautiful. I've got a really good base to look yeah. to and to build upon. And now here I'm 30 years old. But yeah. it, there's just some things that were very formative. Um, tell I, me about tell me about conversion experience. When, yeah. when, when did it go from grandpa and dad's faith to, uh, sure, to sure. Adam's faith? Sure. Um, so it started becoming my faith when. I would say, I mean, at a younger age, um, we didn't split from the church. We were planting a church. Um, oh, wow. The church we grew up at. And so they were planting a church 30 minutes away, closer to where we lived. My parents were like, hey, we're going to go. I was upset. I was in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> yeah, because sure. Because none of my friends were going. But what it did for me was... We had to come every morning and set everything up. We were renting a space. Yeah. So you set everything up, and you serve, and you do the worship, and you do X, Y, and Z, and then you tear everything down, and yeah. you go home. And it really it really gave me an idea of what serving the Lord looks like when it's not for yourself, just in church. You wow. know, I mean, just in the space of church, and that's not outside in the community. But sure. So from a from eighth grade, I mean, that's that was... I was upset about it, but I can look back now and see what that did for me um, just from a worship standpoint and from what, what I could see from a ground level as far as what service looks like. Wow. So so fast forward now, go to college. I mean, I'm in church. I go to a private Christian college. Yeah, sure. Um, um, went there. And I mean, I would say because of, because of what my understanding of what what this life is about, yeah, you know, sure. what, who Jesus is and what that means to me. And I, at that age, I mean, I'm a little more consumed with um, what I do that was wrong, mm, I think. So there sure. was, there was, I think there's more guilt 
yeah. probably in my life at that point and compared to others who might not have grown up in the faith. So so more what I'm hearing is a little bit more legalistic, not not with ill intention, no. but very focused on what God is against. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And, sure. and aware, the awareness of that was early. So it's like yep. everything I'm doing here, here's how bad I am. Because mm. if, if that's the... If that's a dipstick you're using to measure where you are, you're gonna. I mean, it's it's either gonna end up in pride or despair. Right. Right. That's either exactly. Pride is I'm killing it, mm-hmm. and look at all these. Other, so that's the, you know, that's the Pharisee. That's yeah. or it's despair. It's mm-hmm. like this sin defines me. God doesn't love me. You yeah. know, a lot of that. When when did grace Man. and and the gospel sort of start taking shape and move this thing from religion. And, and, and by the way, our hearts are prone. Like I hear, I had a great parents. I mean, do you're serving in a church plant like you have, gosh, I want my kids to have your testimony, man. And what I hear is I hear that the human heart defaults regardless of, of the circumstances. So it's either going to default to religion or rebellion, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Oh, and there was definitely rebellion. Yeah, in there sure. Little, sure. Yeah, for sure. So when did this understanding of grace move that to from sort of a religion to a relationship aspect? I would say the groundwork for it was when I started dating my wife, mm. and um, which was 2015, five, yeah. five, six years ago, and being exposed, knowing the people in her family, and then moving up here was kind of the the step that really pushed it over the ledge where it was like, okay, I'm getting an understand epiphany moments. Right. And so that my testimony isn't like, okay, what's the, here's the time where God saved me. It's been a bunch of formation. Yeah. It's been, here's an epiphany of, okay, here's who God actually is. And here's who you've made him to be. Okay. Wow. This changes. And then two years later, okay, here's another thing that I'm going to disclose to you and make make clear to you because I think you're ready for it. That's good. From God's point of view. So it's been a step of, epiphanies, which I think is going to continue on. Absolutely. And I think that's so encouraging for our people to hear because a lot of times, and especially in the environment I grew up in, and I know you grew up in, it was like everybody needs a, a Damascus moment, yeah. a, a soul conversion. Yeah. Now, I had that, yeah, but also at the same time, I, I think that's the exception, not the rule. And I think that continually happens in our life, yes. just like what you're saying. And so this formation. And so fast forward 2015, you know, you you meet your wife. When did you guys get married? We got married in 2017. Awesome. So coming, yeah. up, on, coming up on four years. But I, I'll say, so I have a good relationship with her parents and being yeah. able to see um, her dad is really good at loving people. Amen. And so it's fostered that in me seeing, okay, what is, what does it look like to love people genuinely? Yes, not just like I should be doing this, but it going from a discipline to a passion of something you really yes. enjoy everybody and want to love everybody and and help them. And so it's, it's seeing that in front of me helped me with kind of a boots on the ground relationship. Yeah. The the greatest commandment in the second half, love my people. And how simple, like, and just to confirm what you're saying about your in-laws are some of the mm. the dearest people that my family knows. The Ward family yeah. is incredible. It, but it's shocking how simple it is, right? Oh my goodness. Like There's... like like you talk to a guy like Jim and Dina and it's you see their homes open up every Sunday. They're invite like it's it's exactly what you're saying. They transform people through love. And you t- I remember talking to Jim like, "Man, when did this become a thing?" And he just looks at you like 
I mean, it's just something we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, yeah. Like, to whom much but, is given. It's And it's his thing. He's, he's been telling me recently, like, I'm just on this. To whom much is given, much is expected. You know mm. what I mean? And, and we are rich. You and I are rich Amen. in relationship and purpose and knowing. And if we don't share that, that's hoarding wealth. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, that was boots on the ground. Like, here's what it looks like to love people. But really being under your wing as far as where you're leading Westside and what you've done for my relationship mm. with Jesus, I can't even put into words, man. Like wow. the the way that you've opened my eyes to grace and understanding, I mean, just just under understanding that it, it's going to be, I mean, it, it's all about Jesus, really, yeah, what's, on the, what's on the podium. So I paid Adam before the podcast, <laughs> right, wrote a check, right. and said, no. Man, no, I, I, mean, uh, I tell everybody I appreciate that. that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, um, all glory to God, and God's word does the work, man. And, and so that's, uh, that's encouraging. Listen, one of the things that I love is, so your age demographic. So I'm a pastor. I get hit with these surveys all the time. I get all these inbox emails. I get all this stuff that's like, how to attract millennials, how to get Gen Z, how to, yeah. like, it's just ridiculous, the marketing that comes to pastors. And by God's grace, over the past five years, Westside has seen a great influx in the, I would say, from 20 to 35 category. Got a yeah. ton of, on the way over here, we were just talking about how many babies have been born. It comes in waves. We've got a ton of young families. You and Julia, man, are in that target-like demographic that comes out in all these surveys that are leaving the church and forsaking and doing all of that. And then here are you and Julia actively involved, serving, loving the Lord. Tell me a little bit about, like, I know that you grew up a little bit with that being your story, but you guys are the exception, man, not the rule. Now, by God's grace, Westside has sort of seen a large influx, and we have a large demographic of, mm -hmm. of people in that age range. But, but tell me a little bit about what that's like for you and Julia at your age serving. Do you see a little bit of contrast with some of your friends' lives? What, what has kept you guys loving and serving the church like that? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think it comes from separately how our roots were, mm. and then together, just kind of, kind of having these um, conceptions of what it looks like to serve, having a really good base model, and then bringing that together in a marriage. It's kind of reinforcing. I mean, it's one of the reasons why she was so valuable to me. It's like, hey, okay, she's she's gonna help me get to heaven. <laughs> um, yes, and yes. and um, that's and, great. And so it really is in my mind. It's like not an option. And at this point, it's it's a passion. It's kind of like what it's the most defining thing in my life. And that's how I would want it to be. I mean, if I, if I didn't have, if I didn't have church in an area to serve, I don't know what mm. I would, I don't know, th think of as the most valuable thing in my life or the most rock steady thing wow. that I can always return to. That's good. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, most of our friends here are, are in the church serving because we moved up here and we were in the church. And so our friends that we made together, you guys have a close knit community. Yeah, for sure. we do. Yeah. And so it's, it's encouraging to see like Aaron and Danielle, John and Haley, yeah. other couples who are serving together, Jess and Jared, yep. tons of others, tons of others. Yep. Um, and so that's been good edifying while we're here to have others serving. Um, is there ever a, I don't want to say a rub, but like, 
So we're called to live differently, mm-hmm. and and we live differently because of what we love, mm-hmm. right? And we love the Lord, and so we're not living differently just because we're different or anything. But do you guys see with maybe some friends that you went to college with and, and, and some people in that age demographic that aren't involved in church, do you see the contrast in lifestyles and, and stuff like that? Is that is that a heartbreaking thing? Is that What does that look like for you as a younger married couple doing that, man? Well, um, I can definitely witness it from afar with some of my friends um, and some of her friends who it, it was kind of kind of expected and, and mm. fr- from from some of those relationships, you can kind of fast forward and see, okay, what is their relationship like right now with the Lord and, and how, how do they believe? And maybe some of them would, would have looked on me in college or something sure. and said, he might fall away at some point, you right. know, just, sure. just, just yep. basing off certain things. Um, but... Sorry, what was the question again? No, yeah, I think you and Julia serving and and being a compare and contrast from your friends and their lifestyles. What I'm hearing you say is the foundation was the game changer from from both your families, which is super encouraging for young families to hear right now. But it's also hard because the foundation for so many people our age was probably very similar, yeah, but not congruent to mm. where they got they got burned or they saw humans failing. They saw other humans failing in the church that burned them, that cast them from the church. And thankfully, thankfully that didn't happen directly to me or really to Julie as much or, or God led us through that somehow to make it to where that is not, we can read through that and we don't fall away type of thing. But a lot, a lot of people my age, I mean, just look at, look at the whole hypocrisy of the church. That's what it comes down to. hundred percent. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, and I always say, like, when somebody critiques and they're like, the church is full of hypocrites, I'm like, yeah, come join us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like nobody lives up to any of their own standards, but but that's a separate thing. I want to keep going and, yeah. and, and our people to get to know you. Um, you're, you're passionate and you guys serve um, in, in the worship capacity. Yeah. Now, all of life is worship, but you guys primarily do that through leading us in praise and worship mm-hmm. um, on Sundays. Tell me what music and worship uh, through song um, has meant to you in your walk and then finding yourself serving in that position now? Yeah. Um, music has always been a huge part of my life. I mean, just hold on a second. Give me your favorite song or is that impossible or like favorite album? How about album? Like go to, let's say it's a rainy day. You need to pick me up. See, I mean, I, this is, I, 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 I just, I grew up on Coldplay. Let's so go. It's like, uh, okay. All right. That's what, that's what I can just sit back and listen to yeah. all the time. Awesome. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Favorite song? Um, favorite song, probably Amsterdam. If it was by Coldplay, we're just going to stick with Coldplay because yep. that's easy for me. Amsterdam okay. by Coldplay. Good. So. Okay. Now let's transition. I don't like sacred and secular Christian and non-Christian mm-hmm. just because I'm like, does a Christian chef make Christian food? Yeah. Like, you, you know what I'm, but anyway, when it comes to a worship song or an old, I know you're a fan of hymns growing up in your tradition. What's a go-to for you that you're like, man, you're, you're wanting to connect with the Lord. You're, you're reading your Bible. What's a go-to for you, man? Really just, I would need to think of a specific song, but any song that is basic, like just simply praising the greatness of God. Mm. And it's, it doesn't even have to be specific. It's those songs that you're just saying, holy, 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 you are good. Mm. You are God, whatever that is. Like, even now I'm getting chills. Like it strikes a chord that can just, just reduce me to tears in a moment. And I think that that's good because it, it shows 
I don't know. The value of music is huge. The value of what it does to your emotions. Think about a, your favorite movie. Yeah. If it didn't have music or if it had circus tunes playing in the back, right. it would change the whole vibe. There's there's YouTube clips out there of like these, you know, legends of the fall, these like epic <laughs> Star Wars, these epic movie scenes, and they either take away right. the music or put in ridiculous yeah. music. And you're like, Oh my it goodness. It changes right? it. And, and that's a whole, uh, I can get into how we can, as worship leaders, can play way too in the music and that Oof. can become an idol itself, right? Yeah, sure. You're, you're sure. trying to make this worship. Anyways, but it is, it is big as far as what it does to the human emotion in response to what Jesus, your relationship with Amen. Jesus while you're worshiping. That's him. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's always been huge. And, I think it's extra valuable because it's it's one of the only things that I know of that's going to continue from that that we do here that we will be doing in heaven, bro. Come on, listen. So, in heaven, I'm out of a job because I'm not opening up my Bible in heaven. Going, <laughs> okay, Paul, yeah. that guy right there, wrote to the Corinthians. Yeah. Those people, like, that's not happening. And one of the things that we say at Westside when I taught through Revelation and I got to Revelation four about the throne. Um, God just sort of, I can't remember where I read it or who I, who I read it from, but it just struck a chord that said, and we say this from time to time, that we don't start a worship service, we join one. Yeah. That's what's going on in heaven. Mm-hmm. Every time from Isaiah 6, anytime we get a glimpse into heaven, we see these angels, these cherubim, and it's holy, holy, holy. Yeah. That that's what's happening. And so I love that you said that because, listen, if you're one of those people that's like, nah, you know, yeah. now, you know, hands in pockets type of a thing. You're going to hate heaven, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's like full glory, man. It's full. So we're, we don't start something, we join stuff. That's beautiful. I love that you said that, man. Yeah. That's good. And so now you and your wife serving in that capacity, what does that mean to your marriage, like serving together and uh, particularly worship like together? That's been a long road too, because we, uh, we started that right after after college, when we had gotten married, we were at another little church plant down in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and, Hot we, and Springs. we traveled down there forty-five minutes on Sunday mornings, and which wow. made it a little difficult from a community aspect. But um, it's it's been good for us to. I don't know. I, I it, it I value so much of what she has to say, and even more mm. as, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing okay, the insight that she has is different than mine, and it's let's I, go. So when it comes to a worship set, I'm leaning on her a lot of the time for wow. like, okay, what what do you feel like fits here? Like here's here's what here's what Jason's preaching on. Here's what's going on in the in the church family. Like what do you think? So I so it's been this really good relationship it's of beautiful of building trust in each other. Okay, I, yeah, I. I agree with you that we don't need to do this one or we do need to do this one or, or yeah. here's one that fits or here's a spot for prayer. So that's awesome. It's bro. really been edifying for our relationship um, just in communication and trust. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's beautiful to hear you say that. And I love you're just speaking scripture, bro. The idea that when God saw the man and said that he needed a helper fit for him, mm-hmm. what's interesting is that word helper, when we get into the New Testament, is the same word for the Holy Spirit when Jesus says, I will send you a helper. Oh, wow. And so, you know, and he will bring the words of remembrance and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the intuition of our wives is is golden. Yeah. And I love, I Priceless. love, yeah, dude, I love that you're saying that. Tell me one thing, um, you know, and this is a random question, but tell me one thing that you're excited about that God's doing in your life right now or o- over the past past season, I mean, through COVID, you know, all of that stuff. What what did God teach you kind of through mm. shelter mm. in place, That's shut a, down, 
all of it. I mean, you and I kind of had a little bit of a conversation. Yeah, but that's a good. That's a loaded question. I think that's for everybody. And Amen. what it did for the church, and yeah. I think it it manifested in church kind of maybe what people would think is bad because it drew people out of church. I think right, right. But it's re- kind of redefining what what is mm. church. But for me specifically, what it took away was my um, main area of service, which mm. is worship and yeah. worship leading. And whenever we um, um, stopped congregating, obviously, that was taken away. And so it's like, okay, when you can't serve God in the way that is most comfortable to Ooh, you, Adam, preach. what is your relationship actually like with him? Preach. Okay. And what does it look... So, so that was a huge conviction and has manifested in itself now where I'm, I have been praying in, in this spot of like, okay, God... Help me just to love you more and out of my desire to love you more, to want to read about you more mm. and want to talk to you more and yeah. want to love your people more. And so it's kind of this um, yep. this this really um, boiled down aspect of why why do I don't read so that God will love me. I don't I don't I don't mm. pray to him so that he will love me. I do those to build a relationship and to know more about who I am profess to love. So what we say all the time, you know, I say that when I read my Bible in the morning, it doesn't make God love me, but it makes me love God more. Yes. Because I'm revealed yes. to his, you know, all of that stuff. It's, it, it's out of love. And I think, you know, one time we were having a conversation and talking about COVID. And I think what you said is true across the board when, you know, the shelter in place and, you know, the online, and by the way, you know, I might rant and say this, but let me tell you something, folks, online is not the future of the church. No. Okay. All right. Praise God for technology, for the gospel, being able to go places. When Jesus was born, he was born in Pax Roma under the Roman rule. And Rome had just built all of these roads that intersected these towns. So a lot of scholars look at when the fullness of time had come, it was in the perfect time of technology that roads to that communicate. people communicate. Yeah. To travel. It was technology, man, yeah. is what it was. And I believe that we're seeing that with the birth of the internet. But God's people the Lord's people on the Lord's day in the Lord's house under the Lord's word is the Lord's people. And that's never going to go away, man. Yeah. That's that's never going to go away. But one of the things I think that, that we had in that conversation was it exposed for everybody, including myself, that there needed to be rhythms in place that, like you said, that our watering hole, to use a farming term, mm-hmm. was sort of taken away. The weekly gathering dude, spot. I didn't know what day of the week it was. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, when dude, our kids went left school for spring break and never went back. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. There was a point where you're exactly right. Where it's like waking up and I was like, "What is going on?" But it exposed this idea of okay, I need these healthy, established rhythms in my life. You know. Yeah, and and. I, I didn't finish what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of got an off. No, 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 no. I got off track, and I don't um, articulate as well as I need to. But it took away that the way that I serve God and and how I thought that I loved God the best, which mm. was worship. But and when it takes that away, what it is made now in me, or what it is fostered in me, is and kind of looking to as I mentioned before, Jim and Dina, my my parents in law, like loving people and serving God directly by loving who he has created as opposed to, I mean, it's also good to serve God by creating a space for worship and worshiping him so that other people can. But I I wonder how God looks at when you love his people unconditionally. Oof. 
And um, that was really the only avenue that was open and available during the yep. COVID time. Imagine because that. There, was other, there were still people needing food, like the bread shed and still stuff like that, and still relationships. I mean, dying for relationships. So you're 100% yeah. right. The church is meant for community. No man is an island. It, right. you, doing, doing this thing where you check the box because you can watch it at home or I don't need church right now because I've been burned by it. I get, I get that aspect of it, but you need the people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and, and, and I'm highly questionable about, and I'm thinking about opening this up for like an online discussion sometime, but I don't know how I feel about the smorgasbord of on Monday that you can drop in on all these online services. You can listen to all these preachers. You can listen to all. Now, listen, the fact that you can listen to Harvard University classes on Apple iTunes is amazing. Like that's that's just, that's a common grace. That's incredible. But I get so concerned when people send me, you know, like a Stephen Furtick sermon and they're like, man, I listened to him. This is my preacher. And I'm like, oh, Okay, but you know, I'm gonna preach your grandmother's funeral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You I know, live here with you. Y- yeah, yeah. There's this day to day, and I don't mean that as mean. No, I'm, yeah. I'm meaning that as anybody. You know, you have a local pastor, a local congregation, and so one of the things that I did think that it exposed was this idea of a buffet of Christianity, if you will. But the reality is, is nobody's receiving nourishment. All of this is available, but the boots on the ground, what you said, is loving each other and being able to have these well, relationships that's the real together. Value. That's it, that's, man. That's the real value, and that's what that's what Jesus and God intended, I, I do believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That's really good. That's really good. You also got involved. Uh, we launched Westside Men, um, which was on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Guys, a group of guys hanging out together, studying the Word together, table time together. What did that time, specifically for you as a young man in the life of the church, what did Westside Men mean to you and oh, experiencing that? Huge stuff um, and some big relationships that came out of that, at wow. least for me and some others at our table. And I, I mean, just witnessing all the men in the group in the room every Wednesday night, I'm yeah. sure that that, I mean, in, in talking at the end of it, I, I know that that was the same experience with yeah. others, but just some of the relationships directly in my life and what blessings those have been to see kind of God's faithfulness in a relationship I have with um, a, a friend that I just made in January yeah. and just seeing his progression of, of where he's been and um, our relationship together and his trust in Jesus and what that has done to my relationship in Jesus. Like I can't, I've, I've told That's him cool. many times, I'm like, man, you are such a blessing That's to me. That's awesome. And, and you and don't it, even know. Isn't it my favorite part? And, and you and I haven't even discussed this. My favorite part is hearing the men sing. Yeah. Yes. How cool is that yeah. on Wednesday like back there? Russian the- choir. Let's go, dude. <laughs> just a room full of like 40 men mm-hmm. just singing How Great Thou Art yeah. or something like that has been, oh, it was just such a special thing for yeah. some reason to hear that and to see that take And place. to read together. I, I liked when we started, because I think about halfway through when the yeah. passage you were doing, you started doing it to where we read it three or four times yep. and different guys reading it. Yep. And there's just something about that that, has value. Number one, you hear it from multiple times, so it says different things to you. But to hear other men reading scripture, yes. maybe that you you don't know too well. I don't know. It 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 builds a community, dude. And and me knowing some of the men that were coming and then watching this past year, mm-hmm. you know, or these past you know six months, watching a guy that came very standoffish, arms closed, 
to the end of it, reading a passage yeah. out loud together in a room mm. just make you cry. Yeah, you know? I mean, just right. and and that's dude. It's and we've had on average anywhere from thirty-five to fifty guys. And what's crazy is the church globally is seeing just a deficit of of men, you know, coming mm-hmm. and being a part of that. And by God's grace, we're seeing God do some incredible things through Westside men yeah. and and doing that stuff. That's awesome, man. Adam, we love you, man. We appreciate everything that you and your wife do. Is there anything that you want to leave the people with? Uh if you were speaking to your age group, to our listeners, to the rest of the sermon, um, what's a good word, man, that you want to leave them with? Encouragement in the Lord. I love your testimony because I think it speaks volumes to people in our area that the the pressure and guilt of not having that Damascus road and being able to have that radical conversion experience, bro, it's the same grace that saves us Mm -hmm. and God forming us through all of that and just opening up. Is there anything that you want to just encourage the people with? I don't know. Serving people has been, and loving people and putting yourself second to other people's needs has been huge and formative in my love for Jesus Mm. because it gives real example. Okay, this is is what it looks like for Jesus to love me. Love it. Right? And it's not that I need to give a whole bunch of grace to other people because I'm probably not awesome in a relationship either. <laughs> but it's 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 just and it's easy to do because you can look around the room at whether you're at church or whether you're at work and you can see mm. if there's loneliness or if there's hurt. And oftentimes you know. And so those are those are the that's easy pickings for serving. Love it, you dude. know what I mean? Yes. So, I mean so, Jesus says He's getting ready to go to heaven, die on the cross, go to heaven, and he washes his disciples' feet. And he's like Blessed are you if you do this. Yes. And what he's showing us is serving people. Yes. Like this man, this is his last night. This is it. Yeah. I mean, he could give a speech. He could perform a miracle. He could do, I mean, anything that he wants. This is a big moment. Yeah. And, he wa- and he serves his disciples. And, and it's washing feet there, but it, and that's what it took me a while to understand. Serving people is not like, I don't know. I don't know what you think of when you think of, okay, I'm going to go and serve somebody. It's serving somebody is knowing somebody. Ooh, serving somebody word. is being vulnerable with somebody because I mean, you open up what's going on in your life to people and you tell them what you struggle with and what yeah. you love and what you do. And that just brings on a flood of, I mean, people are just starving for relationships. Yes. So serving people at this day and age, at least after COVID is just knowing people. That's a word, bro. I love it, man. That's good. Hey, listen, um, uh, you being a music guy, is there anything that you would recommend uh, to our listeners worship-wise that you're listening to that the Lord's feeding you right now? Ooh, any that, albums or anything along those lines? That's a good question for Julia because she's always just feeding me. She's like, hey, here's new music. Here's yeah. Well, stuff. what's one of the songs that she sent you recently? Well, Ele- Elevation. We listened to a lot of Elevation stuff yeah. recently and uh, uh, was it Maverick City Music? Okay. Um, Let's, I mean, Austin Stone's got a lot of good stuff yeah, coming out and doing yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I laugh because I thought that was a person for the longest time. <laughs> like whenever Tyler was like, Hey, we're doing this new one by Austin. So I'm like, Oh, Austin, listen to this song. He's like, you know, he's not a real person. It does it's not say, a person. It's a, church. It's, it's a church. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> that's good. Well, Adam, we love you guys. Love your family yeah. listeners. Um, I'm excited over these next couple of weeks to have some guests coming in here for you to get to know people who serve at Westside. And, and what's so great about Westside is I'll never forget hearing a pastor say, I want to serve with my friends. I want to do the Lord's work with people that I like. And I feel so blessed and so fortunate that everybody that you're going to hear from is a friend 
um, somebody that I serve along with, that we love Jesus together. And so we love you. You guys can check out um, all of these sermons, all of our information at westsidepb.org. And we just started this past Sunday our new service times. So we have one service time at 10 a.m., Kidside and Nursery. All of that stuff is available. And so it's a great time for our volunteers to catch a breath and then to gear up for the launch in the fall. So we are in a current series called The Bible Doesn't Say That, which is going to be a ton of fun. And this Sunday, we deal with the statement, you know, the Bible says, forgive and forget. And so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. So tune in. You can watch our Facebook Live at 10 a.m. And for more information, you can check out westsidepb.org. We love you and never forget that everything that we do, we strive to let it be all about Jesus. Blessings. Blessings.